Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the Terra Styles Podcast. Today, I'm excited to share with you a new friend and author, Julie Chavez, who wrote this really great memoir, Everyone But Myself. And I have to crack up because this is a memoir about her experience and really kind of applies to so many of us about what happens when you don't take care of yourself and sort of the busyness and the obligations and the things that we do in life kind of spread you a little too thin and you feel like, ah, something's got to give in that way. And I'm just cracking up because I started reading this last weekend and I was at a play place with Daisy that she loves to go to. So I'm sitting there in one of the parent chairs, folding chairs, reading this book and Daisy's playing, going down the slides and doing her thing, making friends, having a good time. And there was a paragraph about hacking and coughing your way through February. And there I was sitting there getting yet another cold from Daisy and her friends and just life in general, hacking and coughing my way through February. So thankfully, all of the yoga that I've done in the last couple weeks has been virtual, so I haven't been passing that along to anybody. So I don't feel so bad for that viralness that um, you know we all enjoy from cold and flu season. But it just had me thinking, oh, this is a very timely book for me to focus back on my own self-care. And I do yoga every day with a lot of you, so we all can do better. We can get in a more comfortable position when we move around in our yoga practice, and we all can improve in self-care. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with Julie to share with you, and I'm sure we will be entertained and learn a little bit or a whole lot as well. So enjoy. Most relatable book ever. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there at that thing yesterday and this paragraph about like February and coughing through it. I'm just like, over here. Jeez. <laughs> totally. Right. You're like, oh yeah, I know this because it's me. It's right now. My gosh. It's, oh my God. It's happening right now. Well, I was laughing at the, uh, the scene behind the book. Like I said, the trampoline yeah. park where I'm like, this is. I feel like it's the only time in your life where you would say, yeah, we'll do that. Let's go. Like you just, there are so many bizarre and specific things that you do as a parent, as a mom that are just sort of outside yourself. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's one of them for me. Oh, same. I feel the same way. Like you were like, I hate these, I'm like, I hate them too, but I'm here all the time. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You can't avoid them. You just have to silently hate them and think, Someday we won't have to do this, right? I mean, the things you do for your kids. That's true. And yeah, just sitting there reading, reading your book, like the irony. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfection. Yeah. You know, you're the best. I mean, I have so many questions for you, but uh, I think 
first first one well thanks for doing this I know you're probably doing like a million of these all day long (laughs) no no I I love it this is my has been my surprisingly favorite part is just talking to people about the book and just about the topics in the book because it's it matters and it feels like it's the things that we can comfort each other in and then hopefully kind of move us forward so thank you for having me it's a joy of course yeah well especially for our like all of our friends, you know, we're all doing yoga and trying to take care of ourselves and all of this. So, but we all kind of end up talking about everything you have in your book. So this is like the perfect, I'm just like handing your book to like every, every (laughs) mom and every parent I meet, my goodness. Oh my gosh. But did you, did you feel like, you know, sort of when you're on the other side of all of that, like that this would be sort of, or was it on purpose, like an accidental sort of self-help book because it's it sort of feels like that for sure I think you're right I think it's an accidental self-help book because when I wrote it I only felt like I was I was only qualified to tell my story you know and of course I brought in a few resources here and there but really it really was just I'm going to tell this story because I think if I sat down with you over coffee and we talked about this time, this is how I would tell it to you. Yeah. And I am very much a person where if you are struggling, I will happily share where I've been in case it is useful to you. Because yeah. I used to be, you know, when I was younger, maybe in my 20s, I was a real militant advice giver. Like, mm-hmm. let me tell you how to live your life <laughs> and I will I will break this down for you at no charge. But, right, um, right? just which made me probably a super annoying friend. But now I realize that there's just, there's only my experience for me to share with you. And hopefully you garner something from that. But I am seeing a lot more, um, I knew there would be connection, but I have seen a lot more people say, oh, I'm taking this as a nugget because Mm. this book is so much regular life. And no matter what we do or who we are, we all have regular lives and Mm -hmm. how we manage those matters because it takes up so much of our time. I think it's the best accidental self-help book because I mean I've written a bunch of books about like yoga and all this kind of stuff so I have a lot of friends who write like the self-help books like on purpose and they're wonderful people and I hope they write their memoirs because I'll probably learn more from their memoirs than like five steps on how to do your morning routine and all of those things because when you that that paragraph about February I mean I was laughing but at the same time I'm thinking okay that morning I did yoga but I'm there and I went home and I like I gave you know I mean I've got a happy healthy marriage so like I gave my child to him and I'm like I'm just gonna sit on the floor read some more of your book stretch out a little bit, drink some water and like hack into the tissues and, and take care of myself. So, you know, you did help me in a great way, just, you know, and we'll keep going. So thanks for well, that. That makes my day to hear because it is, I think we're so bad at giving ourselves permission. That is mm. the advice that you would give to a friend without yeah. even thinking about it. Right. But mm-hmm. we just don't always apply it to ourselves. So hopefully in seeing it and in seeing my failure, that's this book is about a lot of fails along the way and so that side of it where it doesn't have to look perfect it doesn't have to look tidy or five steps or anything Mm. it can be as small as exactly that I'm going to sit on the floor for a little while and (laughs) be miserable with my cold right it was epic yeah oh my gosh so can you kind of 
share a little bit? I mean, obviously life's a journey and everything, but like, you know, I love how you opened with, um, you know, the freakouts, <laughs> the panic attack yes. freakouts where you thought you were dying. Mm -hmm. And that's so, again, so relatable. I haven't had a moment like that, but where you shared you were alone in your room and you're, you're, you were thinking, okay, the kids know not to run outside and run into traffic, but do they, do they know like who to call when I'm, if I die, you know, just thinking about the logistics. Yes. So relatable too. So can you mind just like kind of sharing how that happened and maybe what led up to that happening in your body and mind and whole self? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So the book opens with uh, my first major panic attack that happened when I was 38. And I think the thing to, you know, and I say this in the book that the, the term all of a sudden, it feels like things come on all of a sudden, but mm. when you look back and this is the wonder of like therapy and a little bit of self excavation and exploration, you can see the ways things led up. So I think I had always been highly strung. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a tightly wound kind of girl. So, but I had always had coping mechanisms for that. But a lot of what I did was I would picture worst case scenarios. It mm. was just something I did. And I think I had it pegged in my mind as imagination. And, you know, I, I didn't really think about it as a problem. Mm -hmm. And when I was healthy and not depleted, it's not a problem because mm -hmm. it really was in this land of just sort of thinking about what could happen. But as I got into life with my kids, they were nine and 11 at the time. And they just felt very, at this very precarious age, Nolan was about to go to middle school, which felt like a huge change mm -hmm. that isn't as big as some of the other changes, you know, he's now getting close to college, which is mm -hmm. crazy. But at that time it felt as monumental because I had been at home for 10 years and I was so tight with them and in lots of good ways. And I just feared what could happen. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely would predict out and, you know, they're going to fall in with the wrong crowd. And you just have all of these natural kind of reflexive worries. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of 2017, I had a systemic reaction to a routine immunotherapy shot. Mm -hmm. This is a thing that can happen. It happens to a lot of people. Some people still continue with immunotherapy after it. But for me, it was so scary and my body really recorded that experience. So I'm mm. laying on this table full of epinephrine and I'm just sobbing because I was worried about dying mm. and leaving my kids. So I have this really scary thing happen and then I just move on with my to-do list. Mm, I didn't do any, any attention to it. And also too, you know, I think we tend to have kind of a hierarchy of suffering. So it's, mm -hmm. Yes, that was scary, but really was my life in danger? Was I worried? Was I over worrying it? So I sort of, I guess I, I sort of comforted myself in the wrong ways, right? Like, well, mm. you're, you're fine. And mm. so moving on. So I think what that did is it just sort of introduced what my main fear was, which was that something was going to happen to me. Mm. So then in the spring, I had really normal reaction, a normal allergic reaction to the trees outside, which Coincidentally, I love that we're talking about this today because yesterday I talk about it in the book, but there are certain trees we have then and the leaves just or mm. the blossoms smell like poop. They're the <laughs> worst. And every spring I'm like, ugh, it smells like crap out here. Mm. And 
those were the trees that were blooming their dogwoods and they were blooming at the, or no, sorry, they're not dogwoods, they're Bradford pears. I looked this up. So they were blooming at that time. And so I started sneezing the same thing that happened to me yesterday because I am allergic to them. But Mm -hmm. then I had this thought of what happens if we can't stop this? What if I've messed up my system? What if I've done this? And because I didn't have access to my normal kind of coping strategies because I was tired, depleted, overworked, I hadn't exercised in a couple months, I just didn't Mm -hmm. have what my body needed, then that was enough to tip me over the edge. Mm -hmm. So that night I couldn't turn out the lights. Mondo was out of town. He had been traveling constantly. And I was convinced that I was going to die. And that really tied in with the boys and it just was too much to handle. So when I woke up the next morning, I still felt not great. And I sort of had, it felt like I had thrown a switch and now I just felt kind of an underlying anxiety. So that was when I started to look for help and that was its own disastrous process because (sighs) nothing happens in a straight line. Right, oh my gosh. Oh, well, that's cool. And I I like how you explain, because I've totally done this too, like with my husband, Mike, like, you downplayed it a little bit. Like the, it was a freak out. It's like, yes. you know, <laughs> that. can you talk about just Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for bringing that part of the question back. Cause I always forget when I get two part questions, it just uh, takes me too long. Apparently I need to write these down. No, it's I'll, I'll write fault. that down, make little notes. <laughs> no, I do it all the time. I'm a tree brancher. Mondo and right. I talk about this a lot, like in my conversations, you mm. know, where I'm like, oh, and now we're off here. So, and he loves yeah. that about me. It's just one of his too. favorite things. Nice. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I think women love it and men at least. Yeah, we go everywhere. Yeah, totally. And all the roots are connected, you know, it winds back. Yes. And he's like, can we stay on the same path? And I'm like, we are on the same path. Hello, I'll get there. Just a second. (laughs) So the diminishment, that was a really interesting thing. And it, and now that I look back, I can see a lot of this. And this is a Mm. lot of what the book is about. I am an emotional person. I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Mm. And during that time though, I had gotten so busy and so disconnected from my physical body that I really wasn't feeling my feelings. Mm. And then combined with Mondo's travel, I just stopped talking about the fact that things were hard. I I just stopped and almost stopped thinking about it or trying to think about it. Mm -hmm. And so you push this down. So Mondo comes back. I slept with the lights on as Mm. a 38, year old woman and yeah. then he came home and I said well I f- I freaked out and I I think it was two things it was number one I didn't want to call it a panic attack because I mm. didn't feel like I was a person who had panic attacks mm. not in a not in a I need to look perfect kind of way but it's it's very much I'm a control kind of person so I was thinking mm. okay if I if I have a source for this if I can name it if I can explain it then it's not as big of a problem mm-hmm. so there was that but then also I had come to this point with him and I, where I had really gotten to this sort of like, well, there's nothing he can do about it. He still has to travel. He's still doing his, you know what I mean? There's this- Can't help me. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. And that is, that's both, you know, uh, sort of a healthy acknowledgement where Mm -hmm. our self-care has to be an inside job. I can't outsource that to him. But on the flip side, what's mentionable is manageable. So I need Mm -hmm. to be able to say, and and communicate honestly about how I was feeling. But I think mm-hmm. I had kept things so tight. The, the lid was on the box so tight mm-hmm. that 
I just sort of kept shoving things inside it. But I think that's also a common thing that we do. And mm -hmm. I think women do it a lot. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Your yeah. world could be literally falling apart. Yeah. You know, we have sick family members. We have whatever that's happening. And some of that is because not everyone's a safe person to share mm -hmm. what's actually happening with you. And that's valid. Mm -hmm. But for the people who are safe people, it is critical that we talk to them in an honest way. Otherwise, we're just alone. And I can tell you for sure there are no awards for white knuckling it. Yeah. Right. And so I think you see also patterns, I think, in midlife um, that start to Mondo and I have been married since we were 22. Wow. And, you know, now we're mid 40s. And so this idea that we need to certain patterns that maybe develop over time, sometimes you have to interrupt them and then reset them. So mm -hmm. one pattern for us is I wanted him to see me as competent and I mm -hmm. am competent and my feelings <laughs> can be part of that. But, you know, we, we just start to think of patterns and, and our bodies do the same thing, right? Like mm. I think about yoga where it's like, you kind of do something the wrong way enough. And then your body starts to think, oh, this is the way we do it. But, mm. you know, just a small adjustment and then, oh, wow, this is way easier for totally. me and for my body. So that kind of being willing to re-examine things, even when you think, I know how to do this. Oh, that's so good. It's like, did you see the Barbie movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it reminds you that that line, I mean, every line, but that line in the Barbie movie, I think it was where the president says like, I can do all of these things and my feelings are are not to, dis to diminish it. It makes it even more powerful. So I feel like that's, yes. you know, it's such a great acknowledgement here because, you know, it's, it's so true. Like it's so easy to just be in the doing category and then the feeling when you're at home or when it's safe and yes. kind of keep it, you know, just yeah. alone together. <laughs> so. Yeah. Siloed off. And mm. I think our culture rewards that because we think of competence and getting things done as separate from feeling, but it's, it's actually not like they're very tied together. If we can let them be and we can be integrated yeah. so much better. But I think this idea of toughness and those sorts of things start to work against us. Totally. Totally. Yeah. With, with yoga, I mean, all like our big theme, like I sent you that little graphic we had years ago, yes. like creating space, but, but also softness. And, yes. you know, I learned about that through Tai Chi because Tai Chi just explains it and it's not as popular. So it hasn't been, you know, all the words everywhere, but, you know, with, with softness, you achieve more because you're movable and you get more done, but you're also including how you feel and what's happening in the environment. And even just sharing that in yoga, even people that sign up to do our workshops in the beginning will do these things in a soft way, like a really challenging thing, but only use the energy you need. And it's such a really cool, like I can't wait to share your book with everyone because it's such a really cool mental thing that happens to basically all of us because we're doing this thing that's hard. And all of a sudden we're not exhausting our entire selves and we don't know what to do with that extra energy. So we just oh, put it back in and then yes. to work through like, no, use the energy you need, rest what you don't. So you can feel good. And that's part of the equation, but you also get to do more. I feel like that's yes. the, the secret weapon that you're really, you know, that's kind of how I, the lens that I look through this with, and I'm like, but this is the life stuff of it. So 
<laughs> I love that idea. I love hearing that. I think I had a yoga teacher years ago who said, try easy mm, instead yeah. of try hard and that yeah, kind of same good. idea. But I cool. love, I love what you're saying. Only give it the attention or the effort that it requires. Like mm. you don't get bonus points for, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, tensing. Out, yeah. so, and I love, I just, I love your teaching and I love the way that yoga i did the everyone but myself practice oh nice and I you're just so nice. like this is just so <laughs> close to my heart i i loved it and there are so many things that are you know this is the practice we do on the mat but the practice yeah. off the mat is so much the, the same. same so you're right kind of that dovetailing of here's a real life example of what maybe that could look like right oh my gosh i love that can you talk a little bit about because again so many just personal friends and people i talk to in the world relate to I mean even just in my yoga world like good yoga yoga where they had a bad experience and kind of finding what works for them but can you talk about your experience of you know from the moment where you're you know asking for help and support like how that went you know what worked what didn't work what was horrible what you know how did and, and also like what was the path to find the right fit for you and the right support for you yeah I the reason I love talking about this is that I think, like I said earlier, nothing happens in a straight line and we like to think it does. And I for sure like to think it does. So um, I think that that's a good part of sharing this. So basically after Nolan was born, my oldest, I was a mess. I'm just that postpartum time was so isolating. Mondo was traveling mm. and I didn't know what I was doing. And that was very unsettling for me. Mm. So at the time, my gynecologist was the rescuer, my obstetrician. She was just this wonderful woman, Dr. Wells, and she worked with, you know, Mondo was at the appointment and I'm just like a shell of myself yeah. here sitting on this table in this really atrocious terry cloth yeah. like pajama set that I really shouldn't have worn out. Mm -hmm. And so she was the rescuer. So I just had this memory and my mom came back and it was just these people that kind of helped guide me back mm. to life. So when I woke up the morning after the panic attack, I called the allergist first and mm. said, I need to know that this isn't going to happen, that I need you to tell me that my thoughts are wrong. So mm. I think fact checking your thoughts is always a good mm. thing, but you need professionals for that. So I started there. Then I thought, okay, I'm not getting better. I need to maybe see my gynecologist. I was really hoping that it was like a physical thing and maybe my mm. thyroid was off and all I needed mm. was like a little <laughs> pill in the morning and then I'd be good to go. So. I went to see her. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And she said, after a very short kind of recitation of what was going on, you're doing too much. You need to quit your job. Uh, now, I this is an example of where now normally if you are kind of in your right mind and you're connected to your gut and you're connected mm. to yourself, yeah. it is easy to discern what advice is good for you. But I was not there. Mm. And so her introducing that possibility really 
was a problem for me because mm. I had originally gone thinking, hoping it was kind of physical, but also thinking good doctors, no good doctors. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she knows a therapist. And we also had this bizarre discussion about her therapist and she was talking about a zoom call and i was like what is a zoom call this was 2018 yeah and so i was just like it was the most bizarre appointment of course i've never been back but i wish mm. her all the best but yeah. it's it's one of those so i went to see her and then i started calling therapists and even that was a little challenging because mm. some didn't call back and some mm. didn't you know they have their humans with their own practices and lives mm -hmm. so I definitely kept casting the net, but I think for some people that can be enough of a barrier, especially mm -hmm. if your depression looks different than mine did, because yeah. I was, I still had access to kind of my getting stuff done mm -hmm. parts. Whereas I think for some people, depression can be so flattening that they just mm. can't get over those hurdles. Mm. So finally found my way to Kim, um, my therapist, but she mm. was literally the only one that, well, there was one other one that called me back, but yeah. then, she said, I might have some space. Somebody might be moving out of therapy next week, so I'll call you back. And then she never called. And of course I was like, wait, what? I don't. And so she was, and she was also talking about getting me off the roster. She was okay. like, I, I take people on to try and get them out of therapy. And I was like, wow, I, did I make myself seem needy already? I don't know. Are they supposed happening. to tell you that someone else, like, it's like almost telling you what they're not supposed to tell you about some other clients too, you know? Totally right. Well, I'm graduating a whole fleet of them this week. So I'll maybe call you back. Amazing. But Kim was the one that said, do you want to come in next week? And I said, mm -hmm. yes. And in a way it was a gift because I'm an overthinker. So it was like, Hey, this is, we're just no. starting here. And I was very fortunate that she would, she and I made a good fit. Mm -hmm. And I think also she understood very early on what I needed, but after that first appointment, I got worse. Mm -hmm. And that's the other oh. thing I think that people need to know. And that is something that can happen. And it's not something to fear. It's just something to know, because mm -hmm. for me, my main fear was, am I backsliding? Is, you know, is everything getting worse and there won't be a bottom. Mm -hmm. So after I saw her that following week, I was just, sort of feeling more physically bad. And that's when I went to see my PA and he uh, diagnosed me with depression mm. and put me on Zoloft at the mm. time. So it was really the medication and he put it so perfectly. And this part is in the book because I thought it was such a valuable analogy. Mm. He said, when you are drowning, it doesn't matter that you know how to swim because you can't get your head above water. Mm -hmm. And so that for me, the medication was an ability to get my head above water so that I could then use the skills and then therapy was a way to figure out how I had gotten there. Mm. So I think, you know, the thing I tell people is number one, no, it's a winding process, but also if you can try and look for support before you need it. Right. Mm. I would love it if everyone had a therapist mm. that they could talk to because life falls apart fast. Mm. And so when, and when you're in crisis, that's not a good time for mm. you to be looking for support. So if you can have at least the basics of that, it can be a good primary care. It can be, you know, friends that you talk to, or just knowing what you do for yourself mm. when you're not feeling like yourself is really a gift. Mm. That's so cool. And yeah, thanks for normalizing that so much. I feel like, you know, kind of like the softness and the the feelings that, that idea that it's okay to have a therapist that you meet with 
and you're not totally messed up. You're, you haven't failed. And just, you know, all of these stigmas, I feel like I'm from, you know, a, a tiny town in Illinois and I've, I'm, you know, left when I was young. And I, I feel like if, if I told some family members, you know, oh, I'm go I'm going to see a therapist, you know, they might yeah. still look like, did you tell them anything about me? <laughs> you know, or something like that. But, totally. But I think this is, you know, just so making that just, but they're also talking now about, you know, much more, many more things than they talked about even 10 years ago. So it just, you know, it takes time. And I think it's, it's so cool. You're talking about it. I mean, and just sharing your story and, and the medication too. That's so great. A friend of mine is a pretty well-known sort of raw vegan cook and she's has depression and she's on medication. And she talked about it. This was probably 15 years ago. And she eventually just stopped being on social media because she just was sick of the people coming after her. She, and they're like, well, you, you're, she's like, I'm already a vegan, you guys. I'm already raw. I'm like, totally. I, I do totally. these things because I want to. They're not going to cure my imbalance that I, I really need help for. So thanks for, you know, just continuing that and really pushing it forward because I think it's still, you know, I mean, I don't think it is, you know, we're getting yeah. there. So you're, you're leading the charge. Thank you. Well, I am, I am happy to armed with my little prescription bottle and just some, and the tagline, uh, that Kim always is my therapist. She says, uh, it's better living through chemistry mm, that's because good. there is that element of like, you don't, you don't get an award for doing it the hard way. Yeah. Right. And so this idea that, yes, we can be soft and and respond to our own needs, just like we do of the people we love. Right. Yeah. If you have. Yeah. If you're bleeding, I'm not like, well, just fix that. <laughs> Come on, do better. Try harder. Right. Right. Don't fall down <laughs> next time. Yeah. Oh, that's a favorite. Why'd you do that? Oh, my gosh. So now you're on. I mean, I'm just assuming here, but like, you know, you you wrote a whole book about it. So, like, tell us about you know, the, the stage from like, I'm, I'm feeling stable and good and everything. And like, oh, like maybe now it's time to share and like, you know, like, I'm going to just put this out there kind of a thing. Like, where was that? Like, oh, okay, let's go for this. Yeah. I come to writing through reading. I'm just mm. such a reader. I love books. I have always loved books. So I think that's, it was always a dream of mine to write a book mm. and I didn't feel like I had the story that would be mm. valuable. I think mm. a lot of that was also because I only saw finished products of books because I never really wrote. And so mm. in my mind, someone sits down and they just hammer it out and then maybe somebody gives it a quick check and then you're done. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> now I understand that that's edited a thousand times by you and everyone you've ever met. So yeah. I think knowing that, you know, now I'm working on something and I'm like, okay, this is just how the process works. Mm. So. That was a good thing, but I was sort of held up by this. I don't know what the story would be because it was very important to me that it was valuable mm -hmm. to someone. And I, I wrote a blog. And so in my mind, I was thinking only of, you know, in that vein of writing kind of the, the writing that the book is done in mm -hmm. just first person about my life, all mm -hmm. the things. So when I got to, so it was about a year later and I was in my review. So I had a review with my principal when I was a disaster. And then yeah. I had a review a year later, which mm. is actually really great because it helps to mark time. And right. she said, uh, I told her, I thanked her at the time for being there for me because she was someone that said, this is something that happens. Don't make any decisions right now. 
let's just kind of get you through the end of the year and then we'll figure out what to do. Mm. And that was such a gift to me because I was so desperate to feel better. I was so low and so sad that all I wanted was to feel better. And I would have pulled any lever. I would have quit my mm. job if I had thought for sure that that would help me. Mm-hmm. So um, that was kind of the trajectory. So then when we have this uh, meeting a year later, I said to her, I'm so grateful. And I think this is something that happens to a lot of women. I don't mm. think this is something that just happened to me. And she said, well, that's what you should write your book about. Mm. And it really was like this <gasps> thing. Okay, I will. Nice. And so I, I tried, I wrote 30,000 words and somehow thought that was a book, mm. <laughs> a short one. <laughs> that's good. And then uh, ended up working with a coach and going through all the steps, um, did everything backwards, though I was mm. with a hybrid publisher. Mm. Then I signed with Zibby Books. Then I got an agent. Mm. And now here we are. So it's funny, cool. people have been asking me if I'm, you know, now it's all out there. And somebody asked me if I have, you know, like a vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, I really don't, because mm. there's enough distance. This is the the gift of book publishing with something like this, it takes forever. Mm. So there's enough distance between you know, present Julie and that mm-hmm. Julie that that I can feel softness and <laughs> some care for that. And yeah. then also know that, you know, I'm in a different place. But then truly, if it can be of use to someone else, then yeah. what better redemption of that time for me and for my family than to know that someone else can get something for it, whether it's comfort or feeling less alone, or maybe even a little accidental self-help. So Mm. I'm really thankful now. I love it. I love that your decision to do it was like, just so quick when your reviewer mentioned that and you're like, yes, doing it. And then, you know, the windy road to doing it was still like, this is happening, you know, like the train is moving in this direction. So did it feel like that? Were you ever, I mean, like, having, it just sounds like it's just very direct, like however it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm getting this, I'm getting this done, you know, you're a get it done kind of gal, which I love. <laughs> I am a get it done I identify kind of with that too. So. <laughs> yes. This energy is working. I yeah. think Mondo, my husband, he says that my uh, motto is shoot, aim, ready. Nice. And he's not wrong. Like I really, there are certain things, especially in this season of my life where I think, okay, well, we'll just figure it out. And yeah that has been a huge gift for me, but there are definitely times, I think with anything that's worthwhile or anything that feels precious, there are along any road, there are plenty of places where you can just quit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that can be number one, I think that can be a good thing because it just says, hey, everything changes. If this doesn't work for you, you can abandon it later. And that's not a sign that it wasn't worth it and it's not mm-hmm. a sign that you failed it's just it it was for you it served its purpose now it's done mm-hmm. and so there were so many parts along the way where i did have to ask myself do i want to keep going and mm-hmm. i remember driving home from this class uh about the path it was called the path to publishing at mm-hmm. book passage and it was like the most dismal statistics you've ever heard oh about publishing a book like oh like, you you're never gonna to make it exactly. yeah <laughs> And then it's going to sell 10 copies. Congratulations. So I think that seeing, you know, the path of that, but I remember driving home from that and thinking, okay, does this matter to me Mm -hmm. to do this? And the answer was yes. And so that's enough reason to keep going. So I think that's the other thing too, is that this publishing the book represented 
space for my ambition mm. in my life. Cause cool. I think that's the other thing that I didn't realize that I had, I had made myself a little smaller. Mm. I think at, at, in, in an innocent way, I mm -hmm. did it because I love my family and I don't, you know, I love them and I, I love caring for them. And that mm -hmm. is a wonderful part of me and who I am, but there are also other parts of me and making space for those is valid too. Mm. So cool. You're so cool. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's I'm so glad. Cool. I love it. Um, <laughs> all the right reasons. Okay. So this is super corny, but how do you, and I know you probably had it before and during and now, but like, how do you, like, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are your, what are your things that you love to do? This is, it's, that is not corny. I love <laughs> talking about it. Okay. I bought myself a Stanley because I'm pretending to be a Gen Zer. That's and awesome. actually it gives me great joy. And there's an SNL skit called Big Dumb Cup. I love it with the big hats. <laughs> yes. Those are like all my wellness friends, by the way. I'm like, you're on SNL girls with your big hats and your Stanley. Yes, I know. I love it. But it's a goofy thing. But the reason I love the dump, the big dump cup is that um, I'm a big water drinker. Like mm -hmm. I'm kind of a crazy, I have to have water. I just, I, it's, it's evidence that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm paying attention to myself through the day. So I'm a water drinker. I exercise, love to do yoga, obviously. And um, I do we have a Peloton we bought one during the time that I was not well mm. and that was such a huge thing for me because it meant I could I never had an excuse mm. and I need those chemicals too yeah you know medication is good and helpful but also it's the endorphins and then it's also the time to be fully in my body like I mm. do challenging workouts or lifting weights because it forces me to pay attention to my physical mm. self and be in, you know, and you and I have talked about this briefly. It just, and I know you mentioned it on the uh, Instagram story, just you're back in your body because mm. we live so much up here in our heads. So exercise, water. I do puzzles when I can. Um, that is, I have a big like uh, trifold presentation board and I hacked off the edges with a an exacto knife. So in case you're thinking you need anything fancy for that, you don't. Nice. And so I move that around the house. So I'll work on puzzles and sometimes listen to audiobooks. Mm. Reading is a huge one for me. Um, because again, it forces attention because mm. I think that's what is really rough. And then the thing I'm focusing on this week, because this is an evolving thing, of course, is uh, hiding my phone from myself mm. because the struggle is real and when you promote a book you're basically a marketing monster joe mm. piazza has been talking about that where you're just like instagram and it's all very wonderful and i'm mm -hmm. so happy people are connecting with the book it is everything but it can be like a little dopamine roller coaster that mm. you're on and so i'm i'm really trying to focus on making sure the highs aren't I'm not attached to the highs, but I'm mm. not attached to the lows. So how do I kind of find the middle ground? So a lot of that, I will be making an appointment with my therapist. Mm. And that is just an hour in which I can be completely open and also self-centered because mm. that can be tough in friendships, right? You don't want to like tank everyone's day with your story. But so that's why I pay Kim with my American Express and then we're good to go. Well, now I have an FSA, so it's very exciting, but that's yeah, great. those are all things I do. And then just, you know, I think being with friends and also 
having a little time to do nothing mm. is really important for me. So those are those are the basics. Nothing basics. nothing too revolutionary, but it makes a difference. So good. So good. Everything. Yeah. Just easy to do. I mean, there's no, you don't have to go get fresh turmeric for that. No, <laughs> unless you, really you want don't. to. Well, that's yeah, <laughs> if you want to, I think so much of it too comes back to the art of paying attention. Mm. So if I have, and that's for me what the space is all about. If I have enough space in my day, then I can pay attention to how I'm feeling. I can pay attention to how things impact me. Mm. I can pay attention to my feelings because that's the other piece. For some people, I say puzzle and they're like, I'd rather chew glass than work on a puzzle. I mean, those are the people that live with me. They hate puzzles. <laughs> They'll come for the last five pieces. <laughs> And then there are some people that do things, and I think that sounds legitimately horrible, but it, the question is you, you have to know what fills you up and you mm. are the only source for that information. Mm. So making sure that you have time and that sort of mental space. And the more you do that, I think the more you check in with yourself, the better you get at it. Mm. And that can be a really good skill. Mm. So cool, my goodness. Well. I'll give you back some of your time to do nothing or do other things, but this is oh. the book, everyone but myself. I love, I love seeing it everywhere. I love like all the, you know, author friends that I know sharing it and I'll be sharing it with everyone that I know. I'm getting a copy for my mom and my, my grandma's 94. She reads like books, like a book a month. So oh she'll gosh. love it too. Um, I'm honored. That is no, the best I mean, it's great. compliment to know that to know that you want to shove it in someone's hands. I mean, that's for me, that's the mark of a book that I've loved is hey, I'm just, just going to buy a stack and just like leave them on coffee tables. <laughs> Be like, just, just, you know, because it's, you know, you know, with your friends and family and you're like, you need to do this. It's like, you know, like you said, you get good advice, bad advice. It's all yeah. in here. And I don't have to say anything. You just slide it right across. Totally. You can just leave but, it there. Leave I have it. a friend who does that. She said she buys books. That's her new thing and just leaves mm. them at people's houses. Like when she goes over. Yeah. Like on the nightstand right there. Yeah. Boom. You know, Reader's Digest move over. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> exactly. I do love a Reader's Digest. <laughs> well, and that's the good the news about this book too, is that it's not uh, a doorstop size. So that's yeah. the other thing, right? Where I'm like, hey, this isn't going to take up your entire month. That's true. I do feel like it would be a good excerpt for Reader's Digest, you know, like in the doctor's office, like how to take care of yourself, you know. Good idea. Like well, all the things. I'm just going to go pitch that right now. Let me put that go. on my yeah, list. We can of Instagram. To do. That's easy. Yes. You can Instagram yes. everybody now. And at least they Instagram. know that you've reached out. There's yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll reach back. Thanks. I mean, you're, you're a big deal. Like you have a big published book. It's all out in the world. Everything. It's all amazing. <laughs> I'm so, cool. I'm so grateful and it's making me so happy. So, and that's oh the gosh. thing that the publicity part of a book, and you know, this can be sort of unreal, but, yeah. and surreal, but the connection is real. And so yeah. I'm just, I'm so thankful and I'm thankful to be connected to you. And yeah. thanks for having me today. This was such a lovely conversation. Oh, you're the best and hope to see you somewhere around the world. We can high five and hug it out and stuff. Done. I accept. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, welcome back. How cool was that? I love that this book is a real sort of accidental self-help book in a way. And how good does it feel to share our stories with each other and then kind of walk away feeling inspired and learn something about ourselves or maybe get an idea from our own situation, our own mind in a way saying, oh, I'm gonna drink a little bit more tea or 
have a little bit more me time or whatever it is. So I've definitely got a few ideas for myself. So I'd love to hear from you any ideas you have after that conversation to get even better at taking really good care of you. So feel free to join us on the Strala Yoga app. There's a wonderful yoga practice inspired by this book on the app. You can find that right in the new classes categories and the book-inspired yoga classes categories, which is really fun. And of course, it's all about self-care and listening to yourself and noticing how you feel, slowing down, these kinds of things. So join us anytime, stralahome.com. You can sign up there or download the Strala Yoga app to your phone or in all the fancy app places that I don't have. I have a phone, but it's on the Apple TV and the Roku and all that cool stuff. Amazon Fire, you all are so cool. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'll link below all the info for Julie Chavez and her new book, Everyone But Myself. It's beautiful as well. It's a really pretty book. It makes it even easier when books are pretty, doesn't it? So have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking good care and inspiring me to take good care as well. I appreciate the connectedness of us. So big hugs and see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.